Hi, I'm Sadr. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 83 of Shades of Brown. Uh, and we are back on, on the tech news feed, I suppose. Uh, no more Kingdom Hearts. Um, just it's, the series is dead. Um, surprisingly enough, I, I actually made the call that Kingdom Hearts 3 is the last game to be released in the series. And anything released afterwards is now non-canon. Um, that's Square, Square Enix, I made that decision for you. I hope you just know that. Um, it saves was, you it money was, anyway. Yeah, it, it was saves you money, and um, you know we we can now get a new Sleeping Dogs. Put put the Kingdom Hearts theme Holy on a new shit. Sleeping Dogs game. Yo, I I want to I want to. They, they had a Sleeping Dogs two <laughs> game, and the show got it. canceled. It got shelved. Uh, but that's another story. Let's start uh, with with the, we we missed a bunch of Apple news uh, over the last week, and it's it's a lot of Apple news. So we're gonna start with the big one. Uh, the FaceTime bug, you probably heard of about it uh, on your local news. Uh, hopefully it's, 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 it's not sensationalized, uh, but yeah. Uh, so Christian, I'll let you explain the bug because it's funny to me. It's, it's a funny bug. Uh, so essentially the FaceTime bug was that if you start a group chat, group video chat or audio chat with someone in FaceTime and you then proceed to add yourself to the group chat it fucks it up and it basically lets you start hearing and seeing someone's audio and video feed without them consenting to it which is a weird which is a very weird bug like i think the bug is also it gets bad because what happens is when you when when you when you do that you start hearing audio but if the other person like tries to hang up i think starts broadcasting video as well uh or something like that it's, yeah it's yeah really someone weird. hangs up like if you decline the call afterwards it will start automatically broadcasting video to the yeah. other person yeah uh this is like this is clearly like some sort of logic bug like where you're like you're supposed to like you're supposed to check that the person has accepted the call before you start broadcasting any any you know any data uh like uh, obviously so, so some part of the logic was was like no no okay so the problem is this 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 the way that this bug is triggered i think nobody nobody at apple ever thought hey what would happen if i added myself to a, a call i'm already in right like like what what would happen nobody tested that because you know that doesn't sound like a very uh thing that you would test just like out of the but that's what it is so uh during when the swiss announced uh within a few hours right uh apple Announced that they took uh, group FaceTime offline, uh, you know, to so that the bug is not being exploited, you know, in the in the wild, uh, and you know, to attempt to address the situation. So uh, there was a fix pushed this week. Uh, iOS and to be and just to be clear, the only way you'll ever get group FaceTime again is if you update to this version. It is turned off for everyone except the folks who are on the latest uh, iOS 12 yes. update that was released this week. So they released an update. I think is iOS 12.1.2. Okay. Uh, so they released this update and they also added uh, a server side check, right? Basically that to say that if you don't have uh, it's point four. Sorry, okay, point right. four. Yeah, point four. Okay, to a server side check to say if you if you're not running like this version of iOS, you cannot use group FaceTime, right? So so make sure you know if if you use group FaceTime a lot, uh, you probably want to update your iOS devices uh, as the ASAP uh, because it's as a yeah. So it's just just update your device because yeah. So and also let's let's talk about the person like the the way this was discovered was discovered by a fourteen year old playing Fortnite obviously because it's twenty nineteen, uh, and so this person's mother actually like a lawyer, uh, like documented the entire thing. She had like I think video of it and like pictures of it like of it occurring, and she sent it to Apple's. She actually first went to the Apple store. Where they told her to go to the security channels, right? Where uh, like security searchers uh, reach to Apple, reach out to Apple. Uh, so she sent uh, sent like an email to them, and then they, the uh, then the then that channel told her to file a radar of all like this. They told her to file a radar because they thought it was just like you know like just whatever, just just some bug, right? Uh, uh, and they didn't realize like the 
the uh, sort of like the seriousness of the issue, right? Uh, like whoever was reviewing, whoever reviewed that is probably probably regretting representing <laughs> that email. So it's like, yeah, like, and this is this is like a failure in procedure. I don't think it was malicious or like intentional or like it's just that I think the security channel probably gets a lot of emails and uh, like they don't have like the proper time to actually review every everything but oh boy uh if it's if it's anything like any of these software companies that i've been in contact with or maybe have ever <laughs> uh work for it's uh, my my impression is that um th- the bug trackers especially the public ones are kind of just like a lost void of shit yep pretty much yeah. and um tend to be ignored more than internal ones um i'm not saying that apple has that kind of culture where they just say fuck it if someone submits a public bug but i'm totally saying based off of other tech companies i've i've been around that um their their bug tracker that isn't created by like you know the own developers are kind of just like fuck it and those get way less priority okay so apple's radar system right marco was talking about this i think on last week's uh atp episode is that uh you need a, you need a developer ID account, right, to file radars, uh, and radars are used internally. Like Apple uses radar the radar system internally, right, for for bug tracking. Obviously, they have stuff that's private and public. Uh, that's, that's radar is basically just like a, a custom version of is it Jira by Atlassian? What what is that one Atlassian? It's some, one of those is a bug tracker. Right? Yeah, yeah, Jira is the bug tracker. Uh, so so like they have radar, and uh, uh, Marco was explaining how filing anything into radar is basically like a waste of time because most of the time uh you you won't get a response right most of the time you won't, if and if you do get a response it's usually like somebody closing like a mass closure of like a bunch of bugs right uh before release so it's like it's 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 not and she, she okay and to credit to this person uh uh mish uh what's her name michelle michelle thompson uh, is, is the woman's name uh who reported it uh, she also filed the radar. Like she actually just signed up for a developer account and filed the radar. Like imagine that. Imagine being told that a, a security bug is not actually a security bug and you go, should go file it in uh, in radar. And then she did that as well. And obviously that's not going to go anywhere. Uh, so that's uh, an Apple... Uh, is uh, is compensating the the fourteen year old? Uh, apparently, they're doing some sort of tuition grant thing for him, uh, which is good. Which is, mind you, is not what Apple normally does. No, they kind of do have a public bug like bounty yes, program. They do, yes, but it's very specific, and yeah. um, they made a special exception to give this kid money. But there's folks who have been like teasing macOS vulnerabilities. Oh online yeah, that one because yeah. and they're like, if Apple won't pay us for them, we're not gonna. You know, we're not even gonna send them to Apple. If Apple has to, we have to pull this kind of bullshit to get Apple to give us money for these bugs. When every other tech company has, you know, a bug bounty that's a lot more giving. Yeah, and also like app, like like iOS vulnerabilities uh, sell for like two million dollars. Uh, like Zerodium buys uh, iOS vulnerabilities for two two million dollars, betting on the severity of it. And Apple offers like two hundred thousand, which is like. Mm. Mm, like you gotta eat might as well give it to the black market yeah like i like i yeah that's that's the uh so that's the the facetime bug story we are not calling it by its various uh various nicknames because uh in them all of them uh so the next story uh this this one is is, is sort of like uh what is it? like give it a fancy name like uh like like comic book style uh like war of the titans uh apple versus facebook and google so uh which so who discovered this so facebook's uh had TechCrunch. TechCrunch, yes. TechCrunch TechCrunch was discovered when you wrote the article. TechCrunch has a report uh where the the title, uh, title is uh, the Facebook pays teens to install VPN uh, that spies on them. Uh, so the this this was the uh, they were secretly paying people to install uh, quote unquote Facebook research uh, VPN. Uh, it was similar to you might have remember uh, Facebook's Onavo Protect app that that Apple banned in June, right? Uh, and then it was removed. Uh, so what they did was 
essentially they offered uh users like 13 to 35 uh like 20 dollars a month uh plus referral fees to like install this this app this vpn app essentially and they would they would all of your uh, traffic or like internet traffic would, would go through this app right like through this vpn service which would be monitored obviously by facebook for quote unquote research uh so like and then like turns out that this they were using what is called the enterprise developer program which is a way for enterprise sort of like big uh big companies that have uh, that need like internal iOS apps right or they they develop iOS apps to have uh an internal certificate that they can use to deploy like development versions of their application internally right and it's it's meant solely like to to the like apple provided like a statement like it's like it's solely for the uh, internal distribution of apps within an organization it was not meant to be like you know used as beta testing that's what test flight is for right it's not meant to it's not meant for uh public distribution of, of your application right? uh so it's like a clear like a letter of the law violation uh of, of the of the of the for the certificate usage like guidelines, so uh, as 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 punishment, right? Uh, Apple Apple revoked or like temporarily disabled. Uh, not revoked. I don't think it was a complete revocation, but uh, no, it was a complete revocation. It was complete revocation. Was, but, they revoked it, so every single app that was running with that certificate would not open. Right. So these uh, these. Uh, these these apps reach out to like uh, like I guess the Apple's uh, certificate revocation list every time they launch, uh, and they check that if the certificate is still valid or not. So if, if it is valid, the app will just like it will still be on the device, but it won't launch. So essentially, what happened was Apple's like Facebook's all of Facebook's internal applications, like that ones that weren't even like uh, meant public, like stuff like ordering food within the Facebook campus or whatever, right? Uh, stuff like that uh, broke because it was using the enterprise certificate. Uh, and, well, I mean, that's, that, that's, that sucks, right? That, that, that sucks for Facebook. Uh, essentially, you grind Facebook's iOS development uh, teams to a halt because you just broke their workflow, right? You just broke basically the entire workflow. Uh, and Christian, uh, this is what happened was that, uh, they, uh, I think they, they, their access got restored, right? They like a day or so later. Yeah. Um, and then the ditto for Google because Google as well had another sort of like app that masqueraded as a VPN and would track all of your data, which mind you, um, according to friend of the show, Jake has been in operation since 2012. Really? Like screen yeah. wise, screen wise, meet. Okay, so uh, so it's it's it started as like some router plugin that you can get that from a router level will get will scrape all your data and send it to Google. Oh Jesus! And uh, now it expanded out to an iOS app, which you know today I was ten years old when I found that out, but that's um horrifying. So, <sighs> so my 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 issue is this is not that Apple revoked their certificates, but that iOS is set up in a way where Apple can play regulator if it wants to. And that's the issue, um, because ideally, right in a, in a in a system of a functioning government and all of that, um, it would be regulatory bodies that are controlled by voters that would decide to make this kind of move and be like, "This is some, this is fucked up. We should have a law against it. You violate the law, we'll pour regulatory action against you. You do enough, we'll do like antitrust. Or if you keep fucking around in market control, we'll do antitrust." And in this case, Apple's just kind of like, mm, "Nah," and then revoked their certificate. And while while this specific case is for a good purpose um maybe here i should insert just a montage of every podcast that's ever mentioned independent developers getting thrown off the app store for bullshit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, right so i mean uh, apple like this is not like this is not a like it's not a new thing that that apple has this power they have always had this power but at, at this point They've only ever lodged it against independent developers, not big companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, because also as well, there's another scandal this week about how a lot of commerce apps and um, travel apps are recording your screen right. and sending yes. it to a third-party mm-hmm. yeah, like analytic that. firm. Mm-hmm. And Apple's like, yep, yeah, you guys need to stop that. You're getting thrown off the app store. Yeah. And it's like, that's great that they're doing that. But they're selectively picking who and, who and what they're doing that for. Yeah. And at the same time, 
um, Apple's profit motivated and having a government body to do this would be a far better way of right. running it yeah. versus just one company making up arbitrary rules. Right. So, because right now Apple's interests lie uh, in in promoting their privacy stance, right? Like for now it is, it is the, it is the stance that they're taking and it is the sort of company culture that they're trying to like put out into the world. But this is the, like things like this change, right? This, this is like all of this, like the only constant is change here. Uh, and like, uh, who knows, like 10 years from now, will Apple be as, uh, as focused or as strong, uh, of a, of a, of a leader in, in, in espousing user privacy, right? Like it's, that's the thing, right? These are like the, 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 the people are saying that this is like, sort of like, uh, sort of like, yeah, this is like, they have this power and they're using it for like, I would say a good purpose right now, but like, does, is that going to be the case, uh, later on, like in 10 years from now, like it, it unequivocally gives them the power. And there's no, there's no like court of appeals, right? Like it's like you can't appeal anybody. Like it's not like you can't go to like court and be like, Hey, uh, the, our app was actually not doing this. So we should, we should get our app back. And, uh, and mind you, the solution to that is not to be like Facebook and create a fucking internal Supreme Court of Facebook affairs. <laughs> um, which I don't think we ever talked about on the show because I don't want to because I'll just scream. Yeah. But. <laughs> the solution would be to regulate Apple to have a more open marketplace where you can sideload third-party apps. Um, and it's it's this sort of like restrictive DRM and and and, and control that that's so upsetting here, just because Apple wants to play cool and be nice now. But I don't I don't have any faith in any tech company no, consistently yeah. having users' interests at heart. Yep, yeah, yeah, like it's like yeah, like it, right now they do like, but it, it, like it's not it's not forever. It's not going to be forever. Uh, CEOs change, CEOs go away, CEOs die. Uh, so it is like co- company cultures change. The uh, shareholders uh, have different motives. Uh, like the motives change. So it's like th- that's the thing you have to be thinking about. Like you got to think long term. What does this mean uh, for the sort of like the mobile ecosystem as a whole? Right. Like what what does it mean? Like what what, what would happen? Say if like Apple just decided like kick off like some major app of the platform right like what what would that look like like would would apple be able to kick off say facebook uh or, or uh, probably not probably not right because if uh, if apple kicked off facebook he's all he's even though you and i don't really use facebook there's mm-hmm. people who do right billions like, of users the, the issue is that right is like government regulatory agencies are a far better solution because they are slow moving because you don't want to take a core piece of infrastructure and at this point Facebook, Amazon, and Google are core infrastructure for the internet, and you don't want to just immediately ban them because it is going to make things inaccessible, right? Because if you turn off a slip for YouTube, turning off a slip for YouTube no longer is like, oh, people can't watch your Fortnite videos. It's like, oh, there's educational content. There's a whole bunch of shit on there that's now being turned off. And that's always been the argument, right? Because like, people are like, oh, I, I can live without Google or others. And it's like, well, well, other people live with them, so you can't. And that, what, what I'm saying is like, it's that similar sort of stance because it comes to this. is like, we can't have one group be the self-appointed arbitrator of openness online because it doesn't work that way. It, it, that's sort of like against how the internet's built fundamentally. And while, while the sh- kind of scummy shit that Facebook and Google do is also fundamentally against how the internet is built and just sort of like shitty hacks on top of it. The solution is never to go through another corporate body, but rather to build a regulatory framework to, to like control and, and, and l- like get these companies under wraps. I don't yeah. Know. Right. Right. Uh, it's, yeah, this is this, all of this is just like uh, like Apple's power is uh, like this is like this is the this is the wall of the garden, right? This is the wall garden that everybody talks about, where uh, like it is nice within the garden for now, right? Like, I mean, let's be fair, let's be real. Like, it's everyone has a fucking walled garden. Facebook is a walled garden, right? Right. Android and Google are a walled garden because um, Google is the only main advertising company that you can get money off of on Android, right? Like Google, 
I mean, it's still it's technically a walled garden because if you don't want to use, if you don't want to advertise through Google, where do you go if you're trying to get a bunch of Android users, right? Facebook technically has their own ad platform, but um, that's only really in the Facebook world. It's it's similar. Apple's walled garden is on like app distribution and maybe like customization of software, but at the same time, each tech company has their own walled garden like microsoft has a very nice walled garden of like enterprise applications correct yeah office 365 yeah so like i i want to fight against the notion that like apple's only with a walled garden it's just that apple's has the most consumer facing walled garden of them all which is why it's in like i think the public consciousness as, as much but we shouldn't forget that like the shit facebook's doing right now is just kind of expanding out their walled garden and getting more shit under their like shittily built castle so this uh, so like the, uh, i think two weeks ago we talked about how uh apple is sorry facebook is uh i don't uh, merging like sort of like infrastructure for WhatsApp and Instagram, right? Uh, and like that is just like putting those two things within their ginormous walled forest uh, at this point. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a good point. It's uh, it's all walled gardens and walled forests out there, which are just break down the walls. Apparently, uh, speaking of walled gardens, uh, we have another topic that's sort of about walled gardens. Is it is it um, breaking these chains of love? <sighs> We're not Jim Sterling. We can't do that. <laughs> uh, we need to find. We need to find our own song. We need to find like I don't know. Uh, I I don't even know. Uh, Fuck it. Let's go to Bandcamp. Oh my god. Uh, so uh, yeah, Bandcamp and stuff. Spotify because we have a, we have some Spotify stories that I don't that I'm not I'm not a fan of. Uh, so Spotify uh, recently. Uh, made two big acquisitions, right? Uh, Gimlet Media, uh, a podcast network, uh, and Anchor, which is uh, like a sort of, uh, what it's it? like a budgeting, like a YouTube for podcast right, style right, app. Right, because right. lets you easily create podcasts and distribute them, Correct. and also monetize yeah, them. Yeah, so this this purchase, like first of all, like. Uh, Two million, two two hundred thirty yeah, million, I think, is reported number for Gimlet, that's huge. and I don't think anyone's reported yet how much they paid for Anchor. No, uh, I think two thirty million was the number the Rico reported for the Gimlet media purchase, uh, which is absurd, which is overpaying for sure, right? Like that is a ridiculous amount, right? By any stretch of the no, budget. it's it's it isn't in terms of um, well, if you put on our bullshit capitalist thinking hats for a minute. It isn't because Gimlet podcasts have such more broad reach outside of just the podcasting space. Because there's a couple that have been made in like Hollywood films and Amazon branded TV shows, right, for their Prime Video service. And Gimlet also owns a content branded uh, podcast arm, which basically makes podcasts for brands. Which, by the way, mind you, sounds like the worst job in the world. Um, like. If if I ever had to make podcasts for brands, I don't know. I would like what what I gonna do? Be like, oh hello, this is two shades of Tide Pods, <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about our new fruit flavor. Oh Jesus, um, that sounds horrible. These, these pods are gummies. Oh so my God. just they, it's like it's like a fruit roll up and a gush fruit thing, whatever the oh, fuck God. those are called, mixed together. <laughs> except the end end result is death. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I could genuinely ever do that. Right. Or even better. Or even better. Right. So, Static, this week on our new podcast, we're going to talk about how this B2B SAAS service can really improve your SEOs for your customer spam. We are the number one email tracking firm in the world. We place not one, but our new dual pixel email tracking technology. One in the header one in the body with this we can ensure delivery and read rates at a pace of no other business to business SaaS company in the world i'm sorry yeah I don't know where i'm going yeah with that. that's that was, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. all right so let's let's talk about like what like why i think sort of like this is this is like sort of bad uh is that first 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 things um uh, spotify uh, Spotify's UX for playing podcasts is like garbage. Like it has like none of the features that you would expect. Like you know, skip thirty seconds ahead or skip thirty seconds previous. Like it's 
uh, or chapters or chapters uh, or like literally any of these sort of management, like, well, it does have management features just because it, it, it also manages music, but it's not, it, it was never meant to actually like be for podcasts. Okay. So that I don't, and also additionally, this is more of a philosophical uh, point. I, I also think that podcasts uh, and music are like fundamentally like, very different and people don't listen to them in the same way uh that it doesn't make sense for for them to be in the same place uh but that's that's just my opinion i don't know if people uh care about that uh as much uh so that's but uh additionally this this essentially uh spotify is making sort of like a platform play right and they want to like control your podcast listening experience uh quote unquote. Uh and then that, that just means that more tracking. That just means every aspect of, of your podcast listening experience is gonna get tracked. So uh how much you listen, where you listen, uh how, where you stopped, where you like pause, like where you uh where you like where you like mark up episode as played. Uh which- and Spotify makes a copy of your audio files and puts on their servers, but so every time a Spotify Spotify um, user listens to your podcast that isn't pulling from your RSS feed. It's pulling from Spotify's own library, which means now that Spotify has control over the MP3s. They can start dynamically splitting the files up and inserting ads. Correct. Yes. They can do dynamic ad insertion. They can do targeting, right? They can, they can use your Spotify account data to uh, target target you right like they could if you like if you connected facebook and spotify uh like your facebook and spotify cans they just have more data they could target you more uh like it's it's like it's just gonna be increased surveillance capitalism in podcasting and podcasting up till now uh uh sort of remained uh outside of the general like general surveillance capitalism like umbrella just because like uh podcasting for a long time like forecast is still like just based on RSS just RSS feeds and clients are just basically like really fancy RSS readers right like they have fancy UX for basically reading an RSS feed uh so like and this is essentially putting podcasts in an ecosystem which is closed off right uh at a walled garden uh so it's like uh I'm not a fan so, Christian, what do you what do you think about this? So, I think that Spotify should not be allowed to buy Anchor on the grounds that this is a market consolidation move and will um, now turn Spotify and Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, into the only two podcast apps. And while you might say that might have been the case beforehand. This move only consolidates the market further. It is these. It's similar to Facebook buying Instagram. Um, in, in in theory, and while I don't think there's as much of an impact of Spotify buying Anchor, the fact that Spotify is trying to consolidate production houses, distribution platforms, creation platforms, and the ad model all for podcasts in one purchase should be something that is blocked by um, regulators. Probably won't because this is America in 2019, but it should be because now Spotify can squeeze out people like um overcast or pocketcast by telling podcasters hey you want to make money we have we have a great ad platform and the only real competitor to them is apple podcasts which to be fair apple podcast is the the number one podcast app right but, but apple is not but, interested in, in yeah and 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 also as well like spotify has been gaining ground a whole bunch, which is terrible because Spotify is genuinely horrible for podcasts. Yeah, it is. Like, it is really like bad. It's Spotify is just really, really bad for bad. podcasts. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for listeners. Uh, if you are a listener who uses Spotify... They don't. Po- they cannot? Or they Our can- listeners do not use Spotify for playlists because I or for playing the podcast because I have... I remember our shows are in Spotify. Yeah. So I get access to the analytics panel because I have no way of turning that off. Okay. Um, we have gotten twelve streams in the past like year that we've been in Spotify. All right, all right. So and no bro- one, no one actually subscribes to the show in Thank Spotify. God. Thank God, uh, because I was about to say how, why, why, and how do you feel about it? But no, okay. Uh, so I would say like 
I'd rather people listen to Spotify than in Google Play Music, but I feel like some Android fans are going to get mad at me. I mean, I would I would just recommend getting a good podcast app instead. Just just like Google Podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast. Pocket Cast is kind of on the wishy washy. I now think there are some good an- NPR, good uh, good good uh, Android apps that are not Pocket Cast. Uh, Pod Antenna or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the people who use Afterwriter are probably going to message me afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fairly sure there are some really pretty good. Uh, I mean, regardless, you just don't have to use Spotify. But but the people who use Spotify to listen to podcasts are the same people who listen to Gimlet Media. They're the same people who listen to like relationship shows. They're the people who don't know about the world of podcast apps, right? Like, if you like computers, then you're pr- pretty sure you know how RSS Reader works, and you know like podcast players work. But podcasts podcasting is expanding outwards right and now we're going into the realm of users who aren't as aware with the familiarities of that and the fact that um these podcast apps are especially the ones that don't have built-in directories are kind of like a pain in the ass and spotify is like it's already the app you listen to music so i get why that makes sense it's the reason why apple podcasts there it's like it's the default if you use android you're probably using spotify for music podcasts are there google does not require that google podcasts be shipped on every device and most oems do not have their own podcast apps something you have to go look for so people being like oh there's like these radio shows that are on spotify cool i'll listen to it there like i understand why that makes sense and i i feel like Actually, I don't know. I don't know, right? Because should Google just start pre-installing, force every Android manufacturer to pre-install their podcast app just so we can pretend like we have diversity, mm, right? Like that's maybe, the problem. But, uh, I don't know if it's like, uh, like podcasting, like uh, podcasting is becoming like podcasting is mainstream. Uh, like, like podcasting has been mainstream for a while. Like, I don't think it's it's it's. I don't think it's like. Like uh, it's mainstream, but like with Spotify, it's like not Spotify is different than regular podcasting just for the fact of you cannot add an RSS feed to Spotify. Everything has to be in Spotify's directory correct. or else you yes. cannot listen to it. Right. So it is essentially like you have like the person who runs the podcast has to submit their submit their podcast to Spotify, right? Like like yep. you did. Uh and then Spotify caches an MP3 of it every week, I think, to deliver to users. And and this is why, like, Anchor was such a great service because Anchor lets you, while it wasn't big, it lets you make your own podcast and then, like, distribute it on that platform and then use Anchor as a hosting platform to put it on Apple Music, to put it on Overcast and all of that, right? Anchor gave you an RSS feed. Yeah, and I know a couple of people who started a new podcast on Anchor recently, uh, and I was like, what is what is going to happen to that? Like, what is going to happen to people who use Anchor right now? Like, is it going to... I mean, they might go to SoundCloud, but, like, to be fair, SoundCloud has been shit for podcasting. I mean... I'm you lo- can kind of do it, but SoundCloud only put, like, the most previous 10 episodes in your podcast Right. Feed. A lot of podcasts still use... Uh, like, I always listen to a couple... Like, a lot of uh, podcasts use SoundCloud because it's, like, sort of you put on a... A WordPress blog, right? And 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 you put the but like there there you go. There's the issue. You put it on a WordPress blog. You've already dropped off at least like fifty percent of people who want to make a podcast. Like while while you got to understand the technical limits of it because we it's while setting up a blog is not like super difficult. You we live in a world where YouTube exists, right? And Anchor is very close to the YouTube model of just fuck it, upload it, and. While I want to be like, yeah, let's all start blogs and shit, I'm aware of like the internet we live in right now and the fact that Spotify is very well posed now to make the YouTube a podcast. A lot of podcasts actually just put their stuff on YouTube because it is easier to distribute sometimes. Uh, and the thing is, that's the problem is that podcasting is like a multi-layer distribution. Like it's like you have the, you have your site, you have the feed, right? And you, you have to generate the feed in some way. And, uh, and you have to manually submit it to uh, Apple Podcasts and Pocket Casts and make sure it's showing up right in Overcast. And then on top of that, you have to know how you how to edit audio. You have to know how to do how to not make it sound like, you know, you if fan chants attacking everyone in a in a bathroom, right? And it, it, it like you don't want your podcast to sound like a fuzzy version of a Carly Rae Jepsen song, right? Like with all, like and Anchor did that for you. Anchor was like, cool, we're going to take your iPhone mic and we're just going to go ahead and apply noise reduction, gain control, compressor, and we'll make it sound nice for you. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's the thing. That's the appeal of Anchor, right? It, it, it has, it's like an all in one package, right? It puts all of, all of it together. So you can, you can, you can make the podcast, you can distribute the podcast, right? And that's, that's the thing. Which, like, I already had thoughts about that on its own, but 
I I was a lot happier of Anchor being independent rather than now being under the Spotify umbrella and will probably now be rebranded Spotify Podcasts. So just like a sort of like a behind the scenes meta or whatever, uh, two shades of shades of brown, uh, and and the rest of the Stipes Radio podcast uses is WordPress with the with the. A uh, blueberry uh, PowerPress. Oh, I don't but- use blueberry on my end. Oh, you don't. Okay, okay. I use um, SimplePod, okay. something like that. Okay, I, okay. I'll put it in the show notes. All right. But uh, yeah, I use a different podcast one just because of blueberry gets a little bit weird when I need to do like sub RSS. Yeah, stuff, that's true. So I yeah. stopped using it. Uh, so the one. Uh, yeah. That- so yeah, simple pods a little bit nicer for that, but still basically the same concept. Yeah. So if you if you have a, like a single podcast, the PowerPress is like real is, is really quite good, right? Like it works. Uh, it does all the things that you need it to do, right? It, it'll it'll tell you how to submit to like you know the various directories, right? Like it'll submit to you know like uh, you, you have to do the submissions for like uh, like Apple Podcasts and stuff and Google Podcasts, but it'll tell you how to do them. So it has like links in the WordPress UI. It's integrated. Pretty well, it'll generate uh, uh, like an RSS feed that you can just you know give to everybody, stuff like that. Uh, so it's, it's, it, we've been using it for a long time. All right, so it's good. Uh, so that's how you do podcasting with WordPress directory, right? Uh, so. And and to be to be fair, right? Like podcasting is on the blog side. It's like it's literally one of those things you set it and forget it. Um, so there, I. Well, I do understand there's a high technical bar to kind of get it set up. You yeah, but once you have the, engine. once you have it set up, I think it just sort of runs itself. Like it's it's it's, it's technically it's not like it's it's not a it's not a lot of moving parts, right? Like it's like once you have like the the feed, right? Once you have the feed, you're basically good, right? Like once you have the feed set up with with the metadata. Uh, and well, to be fair, you also need a place to store them. Um, that, me yeah. and you, me and you use S3 buckets on AWS, yeah. and I genuinely do not expect anyone no, besides programmers no, to like really no. get into yeah, S3 that's buckets. That's that's one of like I think Blueberry has like a service where you can like buy like there are there are services that will host that are specifically for hosting podcasts, right? I think there are a few of them, right? Yeah. Uh, um, what, what was the one I used to use? Fire, Fire something. Let me look this up. Fireside, yep. Fireside was the one that I used before I switched to hosting everything myself. Um, and honestly, I do recommend Fireside. It is paid, but they they do it all for you, and it's nice. And to be fair, Squarespace will also do it all for yeah, you Square if was, you want to do that. Yeah. But um, fuck Squarespace as a company. <laughs> Guess we're not getting Squarespace as a sponsor again. Uh, um, I, we're not. <laughs> use, please use Squarespace code pay black woman at oh checkout to get Holy a shit. um to get a discount holy shit bro uh but yeah uh like that's the thing the hosting part is actually the probably the most difficult part right because you have to figure out like a place to put it that it's like you can, that's like a url that's like you know that's something like a client can actually download right like that's that's the actual problem which is why a lot of people use soundcloud by the way because it gives you uh, the URL, right? it gives you the hosting, right? Uh, so it is like, yeah. So like, honestly, I'm looking at Fireside again, and I would recommend that. So it is paid, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's 19 bucks a month, and they will import from any other platform you're previously using, and they'll automatically put it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and Stitcher, mm-hmm. and of course, Pocket Cast and Overcast. Yeah. So I, I feel like free doing podcasting for free is like kind of hard it's and, hard yes it's and, and kind of like shitty you kind of have to use like soundcloud yeah or soundcloud, SoundCloud yeah. but if you're just willing to put a little bit of money into it it kind of gets better um although just because of how file uploads work on the internet even though you're doing small audio files podcast still isn't podcasting still isn't like blogging where you can run it on your own server so like and I get from I get from the conversation that me and Zach just had that a lot of people listening who aren't super technical of web hosting stuff are kind of like that sounds like a mess. And to be fair, it is kind of a mess because websites are kind of a mess. But but like the truthfully truthfully this this reality we live in is what we should have versus Spotify owning all of oh, it. Right. That's because thing, right? we yeah. can't even have this conversation about video hosting because what it's like, uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Vimeo, I guess. Yeah. Vimeo. Right? There's really no other option. Yeah. No and, disrespect of Vimeo. And while but it, yeah. Like, while yeah. it is messy for podcasting, at the very least, we still have this open landscape and we should be trying to expand that out more rather than keep it, you know, keep consolidating it in. Correct. Yes. Uh, that's, that's, I think, the overall point. Uh, there's also like a, I'm gonna link to uh, a, a blog post by Ben Thompson about 
uh, aggregation theory, which is uh, it's a lot of sort of abstract business talk, but it's like it's worth a read uh, if if you're interested in sort of like the market side of this, uh, like uh, as like the Spotify uh, buying these two companies, right? Uh, so go go give that a look. Uh, so t- let's talk about it a little bit of video games for a bit. Uh, Apex Legends, uh, another battle royale game. Uh, Christian, I'll let you start on this one. So Apex Legends is a battle royale game made by Respawn, which is a subsidiary of EA, which is a free-to-play game with loot boxes and squad-based only combat. And somehow, and somehow, it's not my fucking job to sell it. And somehow, they made it amazing despite all of that. It's 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 a smooth sixty frames per second. It's it's like fun to play. You don't need verbal communication to enjoy the multiplayer combat. And the loot boxes are just for crappy, you know, cosmetics that you can just get earned in game anyways and have no effect on gameplay. Right. Uh... Like this, this this game came out of nowhere. Like they did no uh, pre-release marketing. They just said that, "Hey, uh, this is our game. Just you know, go check it out." Uh, so that 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 was interesting. Uh, and respawn are the developers of uh, the Titanfall series. Uh, Titanfall Two was a very good game. Uh, it had one of the best single player. Uh, FPS campaigns that I've ever played, right? Uh, and uh, unfortunately, though, for Titanfall 2 is that it didn't really catch on, uh, like the multiplayer, I mean. Uh, like, it didn't really stick uh, with people, and uh, like, it just just didn't get, like, the sort of traction that, that you need for a multiplayer game to be sustainable long-term. Uh, so it is, that's kind of unfortunate, but that's what that is. Uh uh, and this game, uh, while it, it is in the Titanfall universe, it is there are no Titans, uh, and there are there is no wall running, right? The the sort of like the 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 signature aspect of Titanfall is the wall running and the mechs, right? Uh, there are no mechs, and there is no wall running. Uh, but it's I think that's that's not really a, like that, that's not really like a detriment to this game because the gameplay is solid, like the weapons. Uh, feel fantastic. The movement is still really, really good. Like it's really smooth. Uh, and the squad based gameplay is actually quite good because, uh, they introduced, uh, this system, which, uh, they call pinging, right? The ping system where you can essentially, uh, on PC, you use your build mouse button to say, uh, say if you have like, uh, like a level two weapon on the ground, you just, uh, a point to it's it and hit your mill mouse button it'll say uh, level two weapon here to your squad mates, right uh and you can like use that system for various other things that like you can point out enemies right you can uh you can like sort of suggest directions to go exploring or whatever right like it is it is essentially removing the need for uh voice chat right uh from from fps teamwork which is which is, it works really really well actually like it like I, I like I just finished playing like a match and it was without voice chat and we were like the team was working really really well uh, together because of the ping system uh, and that that's that, that is amazing I want to see like more FPS titles like uh, adopt this just just steal it man it's fine uh, it's 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 uh, it's good. Uh, I really like the character designs. Like the character designs are pretty good. Uh, Lifeline, uh, the the combat medic, uh, is, I'm a fan. Uh, I like support classes, so I, I always gravitate towards those. Uh, so uh, one thing that's that's probably like the the, the cosmetic stuff is not great. Uh, like I, I don't like like these the skins don't look really like like anything that is worth buying loot boxes for. Like like Overwatch. At least, like the, the costumes uh, are like you know, like really detailed and like uh, fleshed out. But these are not; these, these look pretty, pretty basic. Uh, so that's just like you know, one complaint. Uh, Christian, what do you think about the sort of like the the pig system and sort of like uh, the coward? So, yeah. so I play on Xbox, which yeah. means I never play games with my headset on because um, <laughs> it's either. Um, really shittily filtered out background noise of Drake playing, right? 
So, like, it'd be one thing if I'm listening to a Drake song and, you know, it's secondhand and I'm like, whatever. But instead, it's like Drake coming in and out. So, you know, instead of just hearing, like, the full Drake verse of him crying about, like, how much he just, like, hates being rich. You only get a little bit of the hate in being rich. You just get Drake saying, I'm rich instead of I hate being rich because of like the weird background noise filtering because it's not, it's not, you know, built to filter out that much background noise. So, and also people just call you the N word a lot. Yeah. So with this though, you can actually, this pinging system is um, far better than like the alternatives Overwatch has and like their quick, um, quick voice actions and such, because you can just literally be like, okay, we're going to go here. And then someone can ping somewhere else. And then you're like, okay, maybe he wants to go there or she wants to go there. And then I can ping there and like, oh, maybe they want to go there. And then we just kind of like run around the whole map. And I don't know, this game without the classes working with each other, it's built for commutative not commutative collaborative collaborative gameplay in a way that's still competitive because you have incentives as a respawn system you have incentives to help people yep exactly you have incentives yeah, to yeah. Get your team i didn't mention that but yeah you're absolutely right the, the respawn system is interesting because in other battle royale games once you die you're dead right you can't like once like if you play say fortnite uh in a squad you if you die then then you just you have to just spectate the rest of your squad, right? Like you can't be revived, right? Right. Once you once you're dead, you're dead. So, but in this game, you can you can want to call like like a like a card, right? Like a revive beacon. Yeah, you place it depends on the character, but you can place it on a beacon, um, get someone revived after the fact, and and it just it it fosters a more healthy play style, I think, because I think squad mode in PUBG is just kind of like, well, it. It feels unfinished now. Yeah, it, I yeah. don't. It's I mean, PUBG is unfinished. I mean, but PUBG is always just an unfinished game. But now that I played it with like this much thought put into the gameplay loop and how and how you know the the firefights are, it, it feels forgiving, but in a way that makes sense, right? It's not forgiving in like a oh, it's all in easy mode, but forgiving in a. There are now varied play styles that don't revolve on you either camping out under a bush for the entire match. Or you just like getting a rocket launcher, getting lucky and blowing everyone up and making it to the end of the battle royale match. You know, you know one of the very, like one of the small touches in this game is that you have something called a jump master, right? Which is which is the person like it, it is picked at random, the one uh, person in your squad who essentially says where you're supposed to go down, right? Like where you're supposed to drop from the dropship. Uh, and that person, like, if you choose to follow that person, you stay in sync with that person and drop exactly at the same place, right? Which is, like, an amazing quality of life feature, right? Like, uh, other Battle Royale games, like, don't do this, right? Like, you drop on your own, right, basically? Uh, and you can, like, you can be separated from your squad because you forgot to drop or something like that. Uh, but, like, here in this game, like, if your squad, like, your jump master drops, you'll all drop at the same time. You can choose to, like, leave your squad and, like, go drop somewhere else but like that's like not recommended because you know this is a squad based game right so you you're you're incentivized in basically every way to play as a squad right like it is it is that's how the game is designed uh and how the game will like game wants you to play uh so like that is really cool I think. yeah because fortnite and PUBG don't really they don't really incentivize you to stick together in squad play because if it'll very easily turn to a solo match if you just say fuck it to your teammates but in this game, you're, you're penalized for it in terms of every other team's not going to have an advantage on top of you by actually collaborating with each other and and working together. And whereas in PUBG and other ones, it's like, well, if you get a good weapon, you're good for the rest of the right, match. Right, like because because this is the class based system. Like you have a healer, you have a sort of tank based tank class, right? The guardians, uh, like sort of like a shield based class, uh, and you have sort of like uh, more of a sort of recon based class with the with the teleportation and stuff like that, right? Like so, you have class based abilities, which means that if you are solo, you can't really solo because you're not going to be able to you know sustain long enough, right? But if you if you are say like the uh like a lifeline the medic if you're just out on your own doing stuff like you can't sustain that you don't have enough shield like you don't have enough health to sustain uh yourself for long enough to win fights right you're gonna get you're gonna get destroyed be destroyed by enemy squads because you just not you just you just don't have any backup so this is meant to be played as squad uh, you can't really play it solo uh, it's not really designed that way like if you're playing solo you're gonna lose basically uh so that's 
And also, uh, good news is that it reached 10 million players within uh, 72 hours and 1 million concurrent players, which is really good. Uh, I hope I hope this game is is continues to be a success, right? I I think Respawn Entertainment really needs a successful game because uh, I don't want Respawn Entertainment to shut down because I think they're they're one of the one of the best AAA FPS developers out here. Uh, like, and also this game's fun to watch for streaming. As yeah, well. it really is. It like, is. Yeah. It is. It is a fun game to watch. It really is. I was watching some streams yesterday. A lot of like a lot of Overwatch streamers uh, have switched to Apex Legends. Uh, for now, anyway, uh, so it's like a new thing, I guess. Uh, and I've been watching some streamers play it, and it, it is really fantastic to watch as well. So, all around good game. Uh, anything else to say before we before we sort of end? No, I think it's. I think it's, this is going to be just an interesting game to watch, and hopefully, um, EA doesn't shutter it because Anthem takes over after it comes out. Because EA Games does not know how release cycles work, or EA Games also does not know how to merit, you know, successive games. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is fuck EA. Uh, yeah, basically fuck EA, but respawn, man. I, like I, I feel, I'm worried about respawn. Really, like I'm honestly, this is why, like, I want this game to be a success because it's like if I respawn goes away, I'm going to be sad because. Uh, that's like the time. Are you, are you going to buy loot boxes to stop no, EA from canceling no. respawn? I, I don't buy loot boxes anymore, which is like a thing. Uh, I just stopped. Ooh, doing- ooh, personal development. Oh, please tell me, tell me. No, more. I, I, need to know I about stopped this. doing this a long time ago. Like I bought loot boxes uh, once in Overwatch. Like I bought like fifty loot boxes. Uh, Somewhere, Jeff Kaplan's just laughing whilst shaking his hands, basically, and having his two billion dollar Rolex watch jingle. <laughs> That Rolex watch was paid for by loot boxes, you monsters. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was like, I, I realized, I was like, what am I doing, actually? Like, it, 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 like it, it didn't give me any sort of satisfaction. Like, like, like no enjoyment out of it. Uh, and I realized, like, I, I don't want to support this business model. So I just, like, I don't buy loot boxes. I just stop. Like, uh, I, I'll grind for, to try to get some cosmetics, but I won't buy into like i won't pay actual money uh like into the loot box system because that's that's uh, i don't want to support that anymore so that's that's my take on that uh and i think with that we can wrap up uh yeah we you can find us as always uh two shades of brown.com uh email address uh send us feedback uh to sh- uh, contact at two shades of brown.com uh, and you can find me on Mastodon at StaticSafe at Mastodon.ZombaCloud.com. And Christian, where can people find you? You can find me on Mastodon at ChoseFine at 10forward.social. Um, you could also find my broken dreams in a trash can next to a disc of Kingdom Hearts 3. <sighs> <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is bad. Don't, don't play it, whatever. Uh, and with that, goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>